welcome back to the New Year's edition, 2024 championship playoff edition, where we get a chance to dive into the exciting part of football. Uh, we'll start things out in the 2024 edition of college championships with the University of Michigan versus the University of Washington. Two explosive teams that were deserving of being in this position, playing out of Reliance Stadium out in Houston, Texas. It was one to watch and one to go back over probably years from now. Uh, Jim Harbaugh leading his team to a successful season with everything going on in Michigan uh, with the baby Sky Spygate 2 to, you know, the suspension early on. The team continued to fight and beating Ohio State, Penn State, uh, you know, and all the rest of the Big Ten teams. And then the University of Washington having an explosive season, winning the Pac-12 with their quarterback who was runner-up for the Heisman, uh, being able to show he can play from the pocket, uh, he can be accurate, uh, the explosive plays and players on offense, and to see, find themselves in the national championship game uh, is rewarding as ever for a college football athlete. Armando, did you have your popcorn ready? Were you, were you ordering pizza? Did you have the wings? What was the... Uh, appetite of the night for you. Why are you discussing food? Since <laughs> when have I said anything about food on this? I, I don't Did that understand. Just get you excited? Did that get you excited talking <laughs> food? Why are you talking about food already <laughs> in your first opening monologue about and, and it directly to me? I don't I don't understand. Um <laughs> Actually, so had Mexican food last night okay. <laughs> during the uh, early parts of the broadcast. Um, yeah, uh, Florida Mexican food, not that good. So, <laughs> so I would have to tell you, not no, it, we're not Texas. We're not California and we're not Arizona. What can I tell you? <laughs> uh, you know, we don't do that as much as uh, everybody else. So last night... Um, I hate to say this, right? But I just could not take my eyes off of Michael Penix Jr. And I I felt bad. Right. I felt really bad. I came in with such high expectations, Donovan. I, I wanted to see uh, he responded in the semifinals uh, against, was it Texas? Texas? And I, you know, I thought, my goodness, um, if if he does a even close to what he did against Texas, this guy is going to be like the number three pick in the draft. Right. Um, but no. <laughs> but no. Uh, just like he made a lot of money in that championship game, in that semifinal game against Texas, he lost a lot of money last night. Uh, in my opinion, uh, I think that, you know, teams won't overreact, but that tape last night kind of confirms what a lot of them probably thought earlier before the Texas game about Michael Penix Jr. And it's not your elite. It's not your, your uh, you know, a revelation. It's more like, you have holes in your game yeah. and you have questions and there are red flags 
And we saw some of those that I'm sure we're going to get into uh, last night. Well, let's let's dive into it because my evaluation really of both quarterbacks were more questions for, I would say, for Penix because of the ability of possibly being the third quarterback taken uh, in the draft. Uh, not so much for J.J. McCarthy, but there were a lot of questions for me with J.J. McCarthy because remember on our last show where you said he doesn't wow you with anything, and and I was I was kind of on that boat with you, but I thought his mobility uh, and his ability to run a pro-style type of offense uh, was one that I think people would keep an eye on and see how he would be able to grow. What's his ceiling? But more for Michael Penix, when I look at Michael Penix, the questions for me, number one would be durability because he suffered so many injuries so far in college. Uh, number two would be his mobility because when I seen him in Indiana back before the injuries, I seen a mobile guy that can get out of the pocket. Remember the game against Rutgers where he hit the left corner for the touchdown for the win? Uh, he had a few big games in that game where he utilized his legs. But you're talking now – Two surgery, three surgeries, I believe, with the two knees and and the shoulder surgery. I think he had, uh, and then he had a dislocated throwing shoulder or something to that effect. And then I watched his throwing motion in the game, and I talked about a little bit, you know, in our last show. It's almost a little awkward sidearmish, uh, and then you get him off his spots, which I give the defensive coordinator from Michigan uh, a lot of credit for applying pressure up the middle on Michael Penix. When you do that now as a quarterback and you see the pressure coming into your face, you find ways to find gaps to step into to throw and deliver the pass. Well, Michael was a little rattled, and a lot of his, his throws were tragic in a sense of when he had to move off his spots and become more of a mobile quarterback to throw a little bit on the run. He threw high, he threw a little wide, threw a little low. Uh, and that's not the norm of what they're looking for in the NFL and the way the NFL is changing. The NFL is changing now where they're looking for mobile quarterbacks who can play from the pocket and play outside the pocket. And the question now becomes, is he a mobile quarterback? Will he be a 4-8 to 4-9, 40 type of quarterback? Will he be a 4-5 to 4-6 and a half? type of quarterback and and I've seen a guy who is not comfortable when he has to move and move enough to buy time to get the ball down to his receivers and he was inaccurate a little bit in the game which we've seen him all season be accurate and that that I won't use that against him in that game because of the inaccuracy that downfield uh, of his throws but more of him getting off his spots and being a mobile guy to throw on the run it just didn't look good last night. Right. So I would use the accuracy issue from last night against him because it showed what happens when he doesn't have a pristine pocket. When he doesn't have when he has a pristine pocket, and Washington, by the way, had one of the best offensive lines in college football uh this past season. So, you know, the situation was usually good for him. But when he didn't have a pristine pocket, a good pocket last night, wildly inaccurate. Yeah. Not, I mean, passes that would be made by second, third tier NFL quarterbacks, 
he was not in the vicinity oftentimes, not just inaccurate, didn't see open players. There was uh, there was a third and long uh, late in the game, and he throws it basically like a Hail Mary to the right side, and there's three or four Michigan guys over there, uh, you know, and, and I either it went incomplete or it got picked again. And we go back to the replay and there's a tight end running, you know, running uh, on the, on the right, on the left side open and he didn't see him. And, and it was because why? Well, Michigan got people in his face. Um, The Washington offensive line didn't hold up. And that's, guess what? That's what happens in the NFL. And you mentioned his uh, mobility. It's not, as you well know, and and far be it for me to explain, it's not just accuracy getting out in open space. uh, Excuse me, mobility. It's mobility in the pocket. Moving around in the pocket creating little uh, a, a millisecond extra, m- taking that little step right. to a- avoid. His mobility in the pocket is not, was not good last night. And I don't know if that's the case all the way uh, through his tape, but last night it was like he had no, no, you know, eye behind his head that quarterbacks need to have. Right. He had no ability to sidestep or whatever. He he was planted, and that's where he was planted. <laughs> and that, you know, that's a statue. That's bad. That's And he's 20, what, 23? He's Dude, 20, you're 23. Move. 24. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Move. <laughs> Move. You're not freaking 38-year-old, you know, Dan Marino, 39. Move. Yeah. <laughs> off your spot. And maybe he's not comfortable moving off his spot. And that's well, another thing that NFL teams will look at. And and, and and like I said, that's why I give credit to the uh the defensive coordinator uh from the University of Michigan. When I watched that game, and they, that was their main mindset of just getting him off of his spots. When I watch him all throughout the season, he does have pocket awareness. I'll give him that. He has pocket awareness to buy a little bit of time to get the ball out. But a lot of his throws were under two and a half seconds. Um, so his movement in the pocket was good enough to able to go to number two, three in a read and deliver a strike. And that's what I've seen all throughout the year. Now, obviously, this game was a little bit different. It was controlled by the offensive defensive line. The defensive lineman for Michigan and the blitz was able to get to Michael Penix quick enough where it threw him off completely. And his movement in the pocket looked a little stiff, as you talked about, uh, where you begin to wonder, is this something that's going to become a factor going forward? Now, yes, in the NFL, there are a lot of holes on the offensive line where, you know, you might have two pro bowlers, but the other three may be a little shaky. Um, you know, the communication as far as picking up the blitz and knowing who to block uh, with movement uh, are in question. So as a quarterback, you have to be able to move around a bit. And that doesn't mean move around for eight seconds in in the backfield and running around, you know, like myself or Michael Vick or anything. But you have to be able to utilize your legs when need be. And that's why I give J.J. McCarthy 
a little bit of credit because he does have that mobility to get north and south. Now, he's shown he can throw the football from the pocket in a pro-style offense, but there were a lot of plays in that game where I seen J.J. McCarthy tuck it away and pick up first downs with his legs, uh, and it showed me something that possibly, you know, there's questions of where do you see him? And for our top five quarterbacks that are coming out in the draft, is J.J. McCarthy number six, or is he in that second or third tier of quarterbacks if he decides to come out this year, which I don't think is smart for him to come out this year. Uh, I think he's building a name for himself enough where he needs another year to show what he's capable of doing. But with his mobility, do you think that was the key to the success, plus the run game with Corum and, uh, and their running game? Was that something that kind of threw Washington off because of their co- their ability to coverage in the back end? but not really spy on a J.J. McCarthy? Yeah, I, I think what threw Washington off is they lost the line of scrimmage and the Michigan running game, like, trucked them. Yes. <laughs> threw them <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> it was like, oh, we're getting we're getting buried here. We're getting steamrolled. Um, this is problematic. <laughs> and so, and yeah, J.J. McCarthy, who, by the way, in today's NIL-infused college game it makes sense for him to stay he's gonna make a lot of money in staying college. at michigan right. if he does if he chooses to do that i i don't see why he would leave he he probably needs another year of seasoning yes. let him marinate at uh <laughs> in in with good cilantro and salt and uh in <laughs> in in uh an arbor Getting back to Penix a minute, uh, because I know that NFL scouts do this. When they do their comparables, a lot of people have talked about, well, you know, he looks a little bit like Tua. He looks a little bit like Stabler. He looks, you know, they're going to bring out all the lefties that have ever played the game. And that's going to be what he looks like. You know who he looked like to me a little bit? Bernie Kosar. Bernie Kosar. No, I know where you're about to go. I know where you're about to go. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. With, a, with, a, with one major flaw, actually like two or three major flaws. Number one, Bernie could, he was not mobile, but he could move around in the pocket. In the pocket. He was not, he had no fear. No. And he he recognized great. I mean, he knew what was going to happen before the snap, and at after the snap, very fast processing. Even at the University of Miami, and that's the reason that you know he he roasted Alabama. Uh, excuse me, Nebraska. Nebraska. Uh, yeah. Once upon a time, and others, by the way, too. So, but the throwing motion. And kind of like the build a little bit, he reminds me of a left-handed Bernie Kosar. I hope he can have a career as successful as what Bernie's was. I doubt it. But still, I hope he, he can. Um, I didn't like his body language, man. I, I, I just didn't like. He got hit, and he let everybody know it. Um, he was hurt. 
and he had no problem showing the enemy that you are that he you got to me and again i've i've never played i don't know what that's like but i know in my life and i know a lot of players you never show the other guy that he got to you because in my estimation that empowers the other guy and that diminishes you. And last night, I'll be danged. Michael Penix Jr., he was holding, you know, his hip or his appendix. Or I, I thought he was going to have an appendicitis attack right there on the field. Or it was like a rib, despite the fact that he was wearing this, like, Kevlar army jacket thing around his ribs. Something was up that everybody on Earth knew that he was hurt. and. And to me, that that's not a good look for an NFL quarterback. Well, it's like Mike Tyson, when, you know, when he was when he got hurt. I think on the hoverboard, he said, "It's it's, it's spinal." <laughs> like, oh, I think it's my spleen. Like, oh, I, I mean. You're doing Mike Tyson. Yeah, Mike Tyson. Please, like please, that. can you do the rest of the show in a Mike Tyson yeah. voice? Can you do that, please? Oh, uh, when I watch that, I, I, listen, I, I I understand where you're going, but from a quarterback standpoint, is is a couple factors. One, he took a shot. He took a shot to the rib. I I know it hurt, and even with those rib pads. Those rib pads really don't protect all the way through. Uh, and I know it hurt. Two, uh, sometimes when it hurts, it hurts. And you're losing, it, it really hurts. It's just like being out in the cold when you're playing out at Lambeau Field. Early on in the game, you're fine. You're warming up at the heater. You're playing. As soon as you're down 20 in the fourth quarter, it gets colder. And it's like you start seeing, you start seeing people doing this and, you know, trying to trying to get it together. And that's mentality, mentality of him at that particular point, everything started hurting. Your pride, your body, uh, the play calling, like you reflect on the passes that you missed. And it's a tough deal because it looks bad. And yes, it, it gives the opponent an opportunity to feel like we got him. It does. It does. But it does suck on the offensive end when you are hurting like that and you're losing. So I won't make any excuses for him, but just explaining in that regard uh, of what was going on and my my kind of definition of it, because it was spinal. Uh, he, he took a shot and it hurt. <laughs> so, but but let's, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper on this, Armando, because uh, everything after this game now leads right to Harbaugh. And we can talk a lot about uh, Penix. We can talk about J.J. McCarthy. We can talk about the fact that Michigan made it to the national championship and won. But what does this mean for, for Jim Harbaugh? Because there are a lot of coaching vacancies in the NFL right now, which we're still waiting on one more in, in New England to hear what kind of happens at this particular point for the Patriots. And I'll add one more in there because – uh, I think Adam Schefter brought his name up. What happens in Tennessee? Is Mike Vrabel uh, the next guy that, that possibly is out in Tennessee and then ends up in New England? 
Is this one in which, for Harbaugh's sake, does he have the pick of the litter of organizations that are looking to bring Jim Harbaugh in and change their their organization around to get them back on the winning track, or is it a limited list for Jim Harbaugh? Um. Well, so first of all, let me backtrack a little bit. After the game last night, Jim Harbaugh tried to throw everybody a curveball talking about how he's going to move spring practice back a few weeks, that normally they start spring practice on Valentine's Day, and that this year, because they're still playing, and it was January 8th, uh, they're going to move it back to suggest that he's He's thinking about his future at Michigan, and I don't buy it. (laughs) Not one second. It sounds good. That was the okie doke. And I, I'm not doing, I'm not falling for the banana, banana in, the tailpipe. in the tailpipe trick. I'm not doing that. You're trying to feed me a banana out of a tailpipe and I'm not going for it. No. <laughs> Plus you're a weirdo and you think that way. So I'm not going for that. Okay. Um, so not buying that, that talk at all. Okay. Um, congratulations to, is it Sharon? Sharon Moore? Yeah, uh, uh, I think it's, I think it's Sharon. Sharon Moore. Yeah. Sharon, Sharon Moore. Moore. Yeah. Congratulations, dude. You're the new Steve Fisher <laughs> at Michigan. You you're did a great job. Yeah. You're giving uh, it He was what? Three and O or six and O or something this year. Yeah, great, well great done. Job. You, great job. You are the next head coach of the University of Michigan. Uh, well done by you. Jim Harbaugh is is gone. 90% gone to the NFL. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe Michigan throws a Hail Mary and 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 finds a way to keep him, but I believe he wants to go back to the NFL. Uh, and money, and compete money, at money, the money, highest money. level, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the Chargers are the one that is glowing in in neon. Whoop, 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 mm-hmm. whoop, whoop. We we got Justin Herbert. Come here. Uh, it, that, that's that's it. That's, that's the one. I mean, is is let let's let's look into it really. For let's start with the Chargers. Is Justin Herbert that much of an attraction for coaches to look at and to say, okay, this is possibly where I want to go because I have a possible franchise quarterback? When all we hear about the Chargers organization is, one, they don't pay. Two, uh, it's kind of almost dysfunctional. Uh, Three, and for a college coach coming back into the NFL – after years after being in San Francisco, is this one in which Harbaugh can really look at and say, you know what? I I think this might be the spot for me. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Uh, Why? Because it's it's, it's California? No, no. Uh, Okay, so let's, let's do the exercise. The Atlanta Falcons have an opening. I go to Atlanta and I develop Desmond Ritter or maybe a quarterback that they draft who's not going to be 
the first two guys. The commanders have an opening. I go to Washington and try to develop Sam Howell or maybe a quarterback. Yeah, you got an earlier pick. Right, but not the first two. And those are the ones that that everybody wants. Uh, I go to Carolina. They have a a good quarterback who's going to be a good quarterback. Let me just say it right now. Bryce Young, I believe. Once you surround him with some people uh, that can, you know, block and catch the football, he's going to be fine. They don't have uh, they don't have any early picks or mid picks. Correct. Uh, but they got the quarterback. Um, and in my opinion, or I go to Las Vegas. There's a lot of talk about Las Vegas. I go to Las Vegas and all of a sudden now you got to win the locker room because the locker room already belongs to Antonio Pierce. So you're basically marrying a locker room that's been dating another dude for a long time and loves him a lot. And I'm not sure that I want to be that guy (laughs) because the locker room has been dating a coach and that's a lot of dating because there's 53 guys on a roster. (laughs) So, so if Jim Harbaugh wants to go somewhere that's, you know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you got to win that locker room and you don't have a quarterback because I know you like Aiden O'Connell, but nah, uh, nah, nah, nah. Uh, <laughs> or you can go to the Chargers and Justin freaking Herbert is there and he's throwing 34 touchdown passes every year for 4,200 yards and he's a beast. And he plays her, and your offensive line is he solid. Plays you play and, and, and you play in a beautiful stadium, and you've been there in the past. You used to play for that team, and they know you, and they're going to pay you. What's the question? So is, is this more – would it be more for Harbaugh about power than anything? Because, you know, is, is this one that he's looking to bring his GM in, his own GM in, uh, so that now we can start to, as uh, I think Bill Parcells used to say, uh, build his grocery list and go go grocery shopping himself. Is this one in which he's going to be looking forward to having the power and and be part of the GM while bringing his own GM in? Oh, the Chargers also have a GM opening. How convenient. <laughs> oh, so do the Raiders. God. So do the Raiders. Yeah, so do the Raiders. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, didn't get, you didn't get excited about that. You just say, like, yeah, so do the Raiders. Well, look, I I just don't I just think the Chargers are are they're both teams that obviously have issues, right? And have right. problems. Um, I'm sure that you know if if it was a great situation at both places, they wouldn't be hunting for a coach right now. Exactly. <laughs> they wouldn't have been having losing seasons. But I just see that. And by the way, the Raiders and all those other teams have a better salary cap situation next year than what the Chargers do. The Chargers are actually over the cap right. for next year by like some 30, 34 million dollars, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, they... They, they got a lot of unsigned players, so they have work to do. But that work doesn't include what, who? The quarterback. 
it's a quarterback driven league. It's as simple as that for me. Uh, and, and I know it's not as simple. Oh, by the way, your, your top defensive player is an all pro. Uh, he, he was at the league lead uh, in sacks last year. Khalil Mack. He's good. Donovan. <laughs> so is, is, is he the draw? Is it Bosa the draw? And well, Bosa, who is hurt a lot, but <laughs> you know, yeah. Bosa's there too. Uh, either one, I mean, both of them together yeah. is 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 good. They Derwin James. Out. And, and Derwin it's James. Funny you bring that up. Derwin James. Yes, I was going to bring him up. Derwin James. Um, you know, you mentioned three guys on the defense, which you know, when you want to continue to to dive into what they have, they actually have. Uh, some very good pieces. They have another young defensive end. Uh, I think he suffered an injury later uh, in the in the season. Um, but I, I'm with you on on the Chargers being the top and should be at the top of the list. But I just the questions that's why I asking about more of power for Harbaugh because I think there's a there's a big contract on the table for him at Michigan for over like 130 million or something for 10 years whatever it may be, does he leave that when he can pretty much get a statue built uh, of himself at Michigan, which is going to happen anyway, I believe. Um, or does he go into the NFL and just become a head coach and, and be hired by a GM that, that he has no relationship kind of with, or is this more about power at this point? Right. So uh, a couple of these places, as we talked about, he's going to bring his own GM. Yeah. It's just, that's just going to be the case. Um, I don't I cannot pretend to know what Jim Harbaugh is thinking, because I don't think Jim Harbaugh knows what Jim Harbaugh is thinking yeah. from minute to minute. He is that um, different, let's say. OK, but are you saying I just, are, are you saying that Harbaugh's OCD like he has? <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying that, but he's different. Let's, I mean, you ask, him a, he will ask him a question. He'll give you an answer. I don't know to what question, but he'll give you some answer that may not pertain to anything you just are talking about. I know this. And the, the point is, okay, so he's going to get a, a, a statue in Michigan He's he's done it. Yes, it's yes. done. Yeah. I mean, it, what more is he going to be able to do? And look, there are some guys who have the they have the personality to stay. Nick Saban decided, you know what? I've got it pretty good here. Yeah. And I can yeah. make this work for a long, long time. And my wife likes it and all that. I don't think that's the way Jim Harbaugh is wired. I think he's his his brother is one of the best coaches in the NFL, John Harbaugh, right. who, by the way, is good at sneaking up on Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. Um, it was weird. Uh, I, I just think he wants a higher challenge and the NFL is a higher challenge. And he got to the pinnacle in the Super Bowl and lost. I think that's a calling of his, too, because it's a challenge. It's like a, a personal challenge. You got there 
but you didn't accomplish it. Can you accomplish it? And I think that he's going to take that on. I really do. Um, I, I just, it, it makes too much sense in my, in my estimation. Well, it's funny you, you bring it up uh, before we move on. It, it's funny because you, you brought up Nick Saban. Remember, Nick Saban didn't have success in the NFL. So when he went back to college from, from leaving LSU and pretty much doing almost the same thing that, that Harbaugh did here in Michigan, winning a championship at LSU uh, and then going to the Miami Dolphins, he didn't have success in the NFL. That's what brought him back to college. Har Jim Harbaugh had success in the NFL, in which even that breakup with San Francisco – was one that people really need to dive into because that was more ego driven from you know the higher off higher higher employers in in the building and Harbaugh. So he understands how to run uh, an NFL you know football team, how to get them over the hump. Because remember, they were losing for a long period of time until he got there and he got them to championship promise, like. They were in the NFC championships consecutively and get, made it to a Super Bowl uh, that close away from winning a Super Bowl in San Francisco. So I think he understands uh, the type of DNA you need in order to get over the hump. And I'm sure, you know, I was going to say San Diego, uh, the Chargers uh, would love to have that type of change with their organization uh, with the players that they have. But let's let's move on, especially and stay in this regard with the coaching staff. Let's talk about the commanders. You you brought up the the Washington Commanders and and you know them looking for a new head coach after firing Rod Rivera. Uh, you know they're trying to figure it out with their new group. I think Josh Harris and his group, a management group that have taken over the the organization and now hiring former uh, GM. Uh, from the Golden State Warriors to help them in the coaching search. Uh, what direction do they go in now, especially when you look back just a year last year when they decided to say no to Lamar Jackson uh, possibly coming over there? What direction do they go now with Sam Howe, or do they look to draft a possible quarterback in this this draft? Yeah, so the commanders are are interesting because – they need to they're going to hire a coach and at the very least a, a senior vice president or executive vice president of football uh, who will be over the coach and the GM supposedly. Right. Uh, and one of the people who is involved as well is Rick Spielman, right. who is the former general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> He's part of that committee, the advisory committee that the commander's owner, Josh Harris, has put together. Don't be surprised. And I've seen this happen in the past. Rick Spielman is a is an upstanding person. Don't be surprised if Rick Spielman at the end of this search go looks around and goes, who is the best person to fill this executive vice president of football job? Oh, look at the mirror. It's me. Right, right, right. <laughs> Don't be surprised if that happens. I, you know, I'm not saying it's going to, but I've seen it happen in the past. Exactly. Uh, so, so there's that. Look, the commanders are, are, are a team that 
the owner has money and is going to spend it. He already spent six point oh five billion dollars on the team. Um, you know, they they have cap space. Yes. Um, I, dude, they have like seventy eight million dollars in cap space. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they don't have a quarterback. I I have questions about Sam Howell. Uh, people say, well, you know, if you get him an offensive line and give him a lot of protection, uh, he'll be good. Well, that's not saying anything. Mm-hmm. If you get any quarterback an offensive line and give him a lot of protection, quarterbacks look really good in seven on seven against air. <laughs> you know, it, it's when they're not the the question of a quarterback, and 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 I know you know this. The, the 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 way that you judge a quarterback is when all hell breaks loose and you have a very angry uh, edge rusher coming at you from one side, Correct. a very angry and large defensive tackle going for your knees up the up the gut. Right. And your wide receiver is throw me the ball. You know, if you have freaking Paul Warfield and the freaking Steelers front offensive line with three Hall of Famers, I could complete some passes. Uh, But most teams don't have that. And so you have to look at what happens when things break down to judge quarterbacks and Sam Howell when things broke down this year, not always very good. And, and, and so, and, yeah, that's, that's funny. You bring that up. I, I mean, Sam Howell, I was a Sam Howell fan um, in college, early on in college, he was second team, all ACC behind Trevor Lawrence uh, as a true, true freshman. Then his sophomore year, uh, his junior year, they were possibly talking about him leaving. He didn't have a great year. Um, and decide to stay and, and, you know, try to kind of rebuild his name up and didn't really work out. He was, I think a mid round draft pick. He was like a fourth, fifth round draft pick or so um, that possibly could have been a first round draft pick. If he would have finished up right at North Carolina also to remember, they traded away their two top defensive ends, one to Chicago and sweat. And then obviously young going to San Francisco, uh, which, both of them actually revived their careers uh, in their new destinations uh, while, you know, the, the commanders still were trying to figure themselves out. Uh, so they have, they have more assets to trade away if need be to possibly move up in the, in the draft a little bit. They're, they were competitive. Uh, and then also, too, I mean, playing in the NFC East, you know, it's competitive, but there's opportunities. And they've been they've been in a position where they've competed with some of the so-called top teams, being the Dallas Cowboys and uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, but they're just not consistent. So it's going to be one to kind of keep an eye on as we go along. But let's, let's move to Atlanta because they have pretty much the same situation over there after what just happened this weekend. <clears throat> you know, the new... And the New Orleans Saints and Jameis Winston decide to score a touchdown uh, at the end to give uh, Williams, their running back, an opportunity to score his first touchdown of the season after scoring 17 last year. And there was a little scuffle uh, with the coaches, uh, you know, at 
midfield, and then Atlanta fires their head coach. What direction do they go in now? Because there's a lot of questions with their quarterback situation with Ritter. Do you trade for Justin Fields? What new head coach are you bringing in? Arthur Blank is, is, is talking and he's upset. Their GM probably be fired as well. So I just, what's going on in Atlanta that make you feel like they can change this thing around? Right. So uh, the way they're going to do it is they're, they're going to hire a head coach. He is going to report to uh, McKay, who is the president of the team. The GM is going to report to McKay separately, who is the president of the team. The, the problem, I think, starts at the top. Right. And Arthur Blank is a good owner, not a great owner. And here's why I would say that. Last year, he was asked, why didn't you guys pursue Lamar Jackson? Remember, Atlanta was one of the teams that pursued Deshaun Watson. Yeah. The entire NFC South basically pursued Deshaun Watson. And he decided, obviously, to go elsewhere. And then Lamar Jackson was a free agent uh, last year, and they decided they didn't want Lamar Jackson. Another team that said no. Are you what? <laughs> and and nobody pursued Lamar Jackson because I assume one, they thought they all believed he was going back to Baltimore, and two, uh, it was going to cost a pretty penny. Yes. Here's the thing. If you don't ever try, you're never going to succeed. And mm. so, mm. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, <laughs> come on. Uh, it, 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 any, any man on earth knows this. If I don't ask this woman out, will I ever get a date? Probably not unless... She's, you know, uh, aggressive. Really in, comes up to you. Really into you <laughs> and takes the initiative. But typically, that's not how it works in free agency in the NFL. <laughs> typically, it's the team that goes, "Hey, you're looking good to me," <laughs> and and then you know, there's a conversation, and they, you know, go for dinner. Lamar Jackson was a was a for for. Atlanta, it was an easy call over Desmond Ritter, and they decided, one, they weren't going to do it. And now in hindsight, knowing what we know, seeing what we've seen from Lamar Jackson at, at Baltimore this year and in previous years because he wasn't new to the NFL, they still think that they did the right thing. Arthur Blank said yesterday, I don't think we made a mistake. Of course you did. You made a mistake. Uh, of course you did. And it tells, and the fact that you don't think you did tells me that you're not smart. Well, you're not smart. I think <laughs> that was that was a mic drop statement right there for you, Armando. Uh, I think in in regards of him saying that, yes, we all know he's made a mistake. Lamar Jackson's not only. Um, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but he's also about to win MVP. So uh, that's that's one in which I think he understands that, and he's just trying to stay stand up for his organization. And he realized internally that, yeah, we did make a mistake. Uh, but also, too, I think 
more of the question for me with Atlanta because I don't think their head coach or now former head coach was a bad coach. I think when you look at around the pieces that he had, he had some pretty good pieces at the wide receiver position, some at the cornerback position, the defensive line. Like he had some had some guys that could play. Uh, now is Ritter a starting quarterback in this league? I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. Um, I think he's definitely a, a solid backup, but they need a franchise quarterback. And with the franchise quarterback, now things change. So that's more of the question for me of, of what direction does Atlanta go in because they have opportunities to possibly trade. Now, is Justin Fields one that I think they should trade for? I don't believe so. I don't believe that Justin Fields is a guy that, that can change the Falcons uh, around to possibly becoming a winning franchise again is he going to bring excitement and wild to atlanta uh like michael vick did he possibly could but not not to that level uh but as far as winning consistently i don't think that he's the type of guy that they should go after um and so i look at atlanta in this regard and and knowing arthur blank playing in my career and having a chance to talk to him every time that we play um talk to him on other occasions as well um he's getting older in an age and and he just wants to see his his program be back to the promise that they were back in the the mid two thousands. And it's going to be hard unless he hires a head coach that can change things around and change that culture a little bit around to get back to the winning winning vibe. Look, I think Atlanta is it, it will easily find an offensive mind that can make use of Bishan. Robinson and Drake London and Kyle Pitts and they have a a, you know a good offensive line and they the defense was kind of rebuilt last offseason right you mentioned Arthur Smith Arthur Smith did a couple of things that were just I don't understand his playing time for Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts was weird. Weird. Uh, I mean, you got those two guys, and you're not getting them the ball all the time consistently. Something Correct. is wrong. Correct. Um, he told Desmond Ritter, you're my guy. And then he benched them. And then he, you know, he put him back in. Put him back in. And said, you're my guy until the end of the year. And then he benched them. And then he put him back in <laughs> again. Uh, you know, you can't do that as a head coach. E- either you have, you do what you say, or you're a fraud as far yeah. as that's concerned. And uh, he lost credibility, I think, in the locker room with that uh, to, a, to a degree. Uh, there are some coaches who are really good coordinators, yeah. but probably shouldn't be head coaches. Correct. Arthur Smith might be one of those. Well, I mean... This is one in which we had to keep an eye on as we go forward. We have the playoffs coming up this weekend. Make sure you tune in and watch us later this week as we recap a little bit more to prepare you for what you will be faced with this weekend. And there's a game on Monday uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles. They've been sliding downward uh, at this particular point, and we'll see if they can get back on the horse to get back in the winning type of vibe. Join us again Thursday here at the Five Spot. We'll give you everything that you need and a little bit of more.